0: Big Show, served up hot and fresh. Here on the fan, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, along with former Packer and Badger running back Gary Ellerson, as we broadcast live from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios, GeneWagnerPlumbing.com, for all of your plumbing needs. I've been looking forward to this interview uh, since yesterday, after reading all of these great pieces uh, that have been written by Kalen Kaler, who joins us now on the great Midwest bank hotline uh, wrote a series of pieces entitled pray for Kabir. uh, And we're through three chapters. Is this the last chapter up on SI.com today, Kalen, uh, or is there more to come?
1: No, that's the finale. That was the grand finale. So I'm not going to make you read any more words. I,
0: I, I, I guess my first thing is like, how long did this take you to put all of this together? Because, A, it's three chapters, which is great. B, it's extremely long and extremely detailed.
1: Yeah, so I started working on it, um, I think, the very beginning of January. So, start to finish, it was like six months, um, which actually sounds pretty good to me considering the amount of work that it, it did require and like how far afield from sports it went. Um, You know, because Section 2, Chapter 2, was just all about the religious group and really had nothing to do with football at all. So that was a ton of reporting that is, you know, something that we don't normally do as football writers. So it was really interesting. It was one of the most unique reporting experiences that I've ever had, particularly because all of it was just out there for the taking. I mean, Kabir has his own YouTube channel, as I mentioned in the story, and as I'm sure a lot of people who read it have went and, you know, kind of checked out some of his videos um, the leader of the group, Pastor Dowell, he has his own YouTube channel. There's so much information on YouTube. You just have to have the patience to sit through hours and hours and hours and hours of videos to get to it. But yeah, it was just it was all there, and I just had to sift through it and, and follow up on a bunch of stuff. So not not being mean or anything like that. So what was the purpose of this? What what we were trying to get at? What we were trying to accomplish by by this article? Yeah. So I think. I mean, obviously, the reason that I learned about it and wanted to do the story to begin with was the Christmas program um, incident that happened in Green Bay in December um, because that made a lot of local news. And, you know, from people I've talked to in the community, you know, I don't live in Green Bay, but from people I've talked to there, it created quite a stir. And I'm sure you guys remember when that happened. Yeah. Um, but that was what uh, turned me onto this story in the first place because, and I think the reason it's so fascinating is that It involves so many different things that are really um, important and, you know, happening in our society right now. Like, it involves racial issues. It involves religious issues. It involves anti-government. It involves all of that stuff that are just kind of colliding in one person and one person's kind of journey and how his life has changed. So, to me, that was why I wanted to do it because I just thought it was really fascinating to see how you know, someone's religious journey also, you know, intersects with race and intersects with masculinity and sort of kind of the toxic masculinity topic that is really uh, has been, you know, I guess, trending, if you want to use that word, in the last few years. So to me, it was just sort of this like convergence of all of these different trends and uh, things that are really important right now in 2020. So it was just really fascinating to me and then when I found out that there were more former NFL players who were also involved in this group then it became more of a oh my gosh is this something where you know what what happens to a player when he retires he doesn't have football he doesn't have that structure anymore um and a lot of guys kind of start searching for something whether it's identity whether it's religion whether it's um you know business ventures that people get into Um, So I thought that was another theme here that I thought was really interesting, too. So that's a long answer for kind of what interested me in this to begin with.
0: You know, it's interesting because, like, there's a lot of stuff in here that obviously I didn't know. There's a a reference in here to one year at training camp at St. Norbert's where KGB gets into it with his teammates and pretty much says, hey, this locker room blows up 99% of you are going to hell. Aaron Rodgers, who's a part of the Bible study group with KGB, gets furious, and according to KGB now in this piece, they haven't talked since then. I mean, I I, right. I had no idea that even happened at any point, and I do sports talk radio for a living.
1: Yeah. I think what's interesting is, like, people who covered KGB, um, you know, I was, when he was playing, I was, like, still in middle and high school, which is how young I am, but... um You know, I so I I didn't get the chance to ever cover him when he was a Packers player, but a lot of people who did, and I'm sure you guys remember this. um, You know, he was always talking about religion, from what I've heard, and from a lot of the Twitter responses of people who covered him back then said, you know, he was constantly bringing Christianity into this, and not in sort of the comfortable way, but in uncomfortable ways, and he admits to that as well in this story. And I think you know that was one of the more interesting parts of reporting this when I talked to a bunch of former teammates of his the stories that came out of what they remember of being his teammate and, you know, that anecdote that you just mentioned with Aaron Rodgers, um, you know, Aaron didn't talk to me for the story. So I'd be curious to see if he remembers that as well. And like what his thoughts are of that. Cause I know he isn't, he doesn't even identify as being Christian anymore and he has some interesting views on religion as a whole. So he'd be a really interesting person to talk about this with. Um, But it was really fascinating to see, like, how Kabir had always been really fanatic about Christianity. And so it's not so hard to see how he got to where he is now. Like, when you look back, you can see every step in this process of how he went from being a really fanatic Christian to someone who was, like, really fanatic about the Old Testament to someone who kind of veered off into this religious group that a lot of people consider to be a cult. So when you look back and you talk to people who knew him, it's like really clear how this happened. And I think that's one of the most interesting parts of the story is like, you know, he, he was a normal guy. He was, he was a normal guy. He wasn't like this out of control, you know, person. So I just think it's really interesting. You can, this could happen to anybody. I think it's sort of one of the, one of the things I learned from it is like, YouTube is out there and like, there's a lot of stuff on YouTube and there's a lot of things that may or may not be true. And it's very easy for this,
0: to happen well and the other thing too is i mean you say in the story there are a couple of 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 females i want to say girls that were kind of getting into this at a younger age and they wouldn't let them Mm -hmm. come to this straightway uh, ministries until they were 18 or whatever so when you literally say anybody that that literally is anybody yeah yeah
1: and it's like that's why it's just it was such an interesting reporting experience because there's been a couple other things um, the New York Times just did a podcast called Rabbit Hole that was all about how you can get radicalized via the internet and, you know, particularly with YouTube. And so I saw a lot of that in this story of, you know, YouTube as a platform and how it can completely change your life and change how you live your life, how you view things in your life, um, you know, your family, everything. It can, it just can completely change the whole direction of your life. And I thought that was really, um, an interesting lesson to learn from this reporting. Yeah, and I saw that you also made some parallels with Reggie White in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was super interesting. I think a lot of people either weren't aware or uh, maybe forgot because it's been so long since, since um, Reggie White died, but he was at the end of his life getting into what is called the Hebrew Roots Movement. So he didn't really, he he never thought, oh, um, black people are the the only Israelites. He didn't go that far, but he did view the Bible as sort of his own personal history. Um, That's what his son told me. So he was getting into this, and it's true, like at the end of his life, there were a lot of um, Christian pastors that were very influential in his life that he had close relationships with, who all kind of turned their back on him because he was Speaking these things that he was learning that they didn't agree uh, agree with and that they didn't want their, you know, church congregation to be exposed to. Um, so, you know, Jeremy White, Reggie's son, told me that uh, Reggie, people thought he was in a cult, people thought he was a heretic. Um, so I think that's really interesting. And Kabir really idolizes Reggie, first as a football player, because that was kind of who he was compared to a little bit in his career. And then, second, from a faith perspective, he really looked up to him. And so, when Reggie was the first person ever to sort of explain to him, like following the Old Testament and keeping the Ten Commandments, that really stuck with Kabir. Um, And I think it was a very big influence on where he's ended up today. But doesn't it feel like, though, Kabir then has kind of fallen out of favor? Like there is—I mean, it it just—if you follow everything, it just feels like that there's something is, is terribly wrong here. Yeah, I think, I mean, he, in our six-hour interview, it's really interesting. Like, he is still very likable. He is a really likable guy. He is a great personality, super charismatic. You can see why, you know, people want to follow him and why, if he shares, you know, this ministry with others, that they might be receptive to it because he is such a charismatic guy who is very easy to like and, and to follow. So in our six hour interview, he was so he was very cordial. He was never rude or anything like that. But it's just very clear that he is this is his life now. And he is he has no intention to go back to his old family or, you know, change his mind at all. Um, so he's very set in this. So I think it's, you know, this is what he's chosen. But I, I also want to point out he was very clear that and i did believe him when he said this he was very believable but he, he said he, he really doesn't want to cause any more trouble um within the green bay community you know he's, he's kind of done testing his limits with law enforcement that's how he explained it to me um so you know if that's to be believed he is going to sort of be living his own life the way that he wants to and and this is what he's chosen but he's not going to you know impact others so i think it is a fine. i think it's a final choice for him. I think this is what he wants to do
0: with his life. You know, and it's interesting because what we're talking about, a religion that I've, I I didn't know, I'd never heard anything about till I read your piece called Hebrew Israelism. Um, Uh And Robert Mathis, uh, a former Colts player, great player. He's involved in this now. Daniel Muir, a former Colts player as well. He also is involved in this and just bought a bunch of property to continue uh, going this way. And a, a lot of the belief, Uh, that they have is kind of that men are superior, women are not, women are to be covered at all times and essentially are to be there for their men. And the straightway ministries believe in polygamy um, and essentially handpicked wives to a certain degree, but they don't believe in marriage, so they call them women, not wives. I mean, the whole Mm -hmm. thing is just, I don't want to say it's bizarre because I don't know the religion. I'm just learning it as I'm, I'm reading your piece, but it's definitely different.
1: Yeah, I think bizarre is a fair term to use. It's definitely it's definitely for, for being in the year 2020, you know, where, you know, we just had women's marches and women's equality is, mm-hmm. is such a big uh, topic and, um, you know, feminism and all of that. It's just a, it is definitely bizarre. And, you know, speaking as a young woman myself, I struggled to understand during all this reporting, like why this would appeal to any woman. Like, I totally understand the appeal for men because you know obviously but i just didn't understand the appeal for these young women who are getting involved well the other Um, thing
0: that i blew my mind in this was so kgb essentially divorces his wife loses his kids who hasn't seen in a couple of years now he mentions the fact of this new female that he's with that you know he wants to have like 94 kids and he'll move on and whatever and has a brand new baby but then you look at like daniel muir who apparently has convinced his wife and their three sons to follow him in this journey. And meanwhile, Mathis apparently based on the reporting that, that you did doesn't appear like his family is following him.
1: Yeah. Most the pattern that I was noticing is like most men, when they join, like it's a very hard sell for if they're married, it's a hard sell for their wife and kids to get involved in this. But you know, if you have a single man, obviously it's a lot easier Um, So that's what you see with Kabir and with, with Robert Mathis, like their families were broken up by this. Um, But you know, the interesting part, I think one of the most interesting psychological parts of this was the fact that um, Kabir even said this himself, the pastor who was leading this group, he views him as a coach. He was, he said, he's a man's man. He talks like a coach. Uh, You know, when you leave the NFL, when you're done playing, you know, you're, you're coached by men, you're playing with men, you're in a very male dominant profession. So when you leave that, um, it's a little bit weird, I think, for some of these players who, um, you know, Gary, you could probably speak to this, but it's a little bit different. Like you're entering a more um, female world, if you will. So when you, they see a pastor like Charles Dowell, who is preaching this like male dominant vision of the Bible and that women are property and he's talking to you like a man and he's yelling and he's very blunt and he's not, you know, sugarcoating anything. Um, I think that really appeals to them just because of the rest of their life being surrounded by so many men in their profession.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, just, I'm just taking one quote here uh, from KGB in this piece. I'm like a farmer. You plant seeds. The storm comes in. Uh, it takes uh, those seeds out. Guess what? You replant. I'm going to replant. I'm going to rebuild my house. I got, got me a woman, and we're going to keep on moving. I have everything I need to create life again. I hope to have so many babies the ones I lost will be a forgotten story. Job lost all his babies too, and God blessed him with more. Uh, and that's KGB yeah. from this piece on SI.com. dot com. And I, I, I am kind when of he said that. What you thought? What did you think?
1: I was a little stunned, but not because it's so clear that like this is his. This is his truth. He right. is one hundred percent confident and one hundred percent committed to this. So. It didn't surprise me that he said that, but I think just like how strong and like how he talks about his old, his old children, his, his children. He talks about his children from his previous relationship as if they aren't people. Like he, he speaks about them as if they are just objects.
0: Yes. And he says in the, he says in the piece that he regrets, like, playing with them and watching movies yeah. with them. He regrets all of that because clearly they didn't respect him because they chose his mother over him, or their mother over him. And I'm just, yeah. I'm telling you, Kaylin Kaler joins us now again, uh, uh, NFL reporter here on The Fan. The other thing I want to get your thoughts on, Almond Green was the one player, a uh, former teammate of his, that actually talked in this piece to you. Did you reach out to a lot of former Packer players trying to get them to talk about it? Was he, like, the only one that was willing well, to talk about it?
1: So, Brady Papinga is quoted in there. Um, if he's not quoted, he did talk to me on the record, so I can say no, that. No, he's, I think yeah, he's, yeah, he's quoted, quoted in Honestly, yeah. okay, so Brady talked to me. Um, Amon talked to me on the record. There were a couple others I can't name who did speak to me. Uh, so, I think in total, I talked to at least four. It may have been five. Former teammates, um, but a lot of them were a little afraid to, you know, speak on the record because of how weird the situation is, and you know, there's a lot of fear of the unknown here. Um, so, especially because of the Christmas program incident, a lot of the guys were like, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get close to this. For
0: those that don't, don't know, know about the Christmas, pr- for those that don't know about the Christmas program incident, set that up for everybody listening.
1: Yeah, so um, two of. Kabir's members of his, um, he, he's basically running a branch of this ministry in Green Bay. So um, a couple of the guys, there are two white guys who are in their early 20s. Um, he, uh, so Kabir had a problem with his kids being in the Providence Academy Christmas program because he doesn't believe in Christmas anymore. He thinks it's a pagan holiday. Um, it's not right. And he didn't want his kids involved. Even though he hasn't seen his kids in two years, he still didn't want them to be part of this because he views them as his property. So um, to make sure that he had evidence of his kids participating in this without his consent, he sent two of his members of his church, two white guys in their early 20s, um, to the Christmas program. He claims that he sent them just to take video and photos to prove that his kids are being involved in this. Um, and so they go to the Christmas program, and the headmaster of the, of the school recognizes them because he had been involved in some biblical debate with Kabir and these guys a couple months earlier and Kabir had raised a lot of hell about his kids being part of this program with the headmaster before and the headmaster was concerned that something might happen because there had been threatening comments on YouTube videos um earlier that day so the headmaster ends up calling the police cuz these guys won't leave and he thinks there might be an issue so the police have to come and they end up arresting the two guys who are part of Kabir's church um and because yeah, they had then,
0: guns yeah. on them, right? They had loaded guns yeah. and the magazine and they the whole deal.
1: Guns. Yep, they had guns and they didn't have a permit to be concealed carrying them, so they were sent. To, they were arrested for that um, and for trespassing. And Kabir did arrive on the scene, but he was not arrested. Um, he just kind of came to sort of argue their rights. Um, but yeah, so that that was basically that. So the community was rightfully concerned because there's been a lot of school shootings, right? So. People were kind of jumping to conclusions of like, oh, my God, what could have happened in this situation?
0: And then you had Mason Crosby, who had his kids involved in that whole deal. And he ended up pulling his kids out after that, right? Yes.
1: Yep. A couple. I had a couple sources um, with the school tell me that um, wow. Mason did wow. not. Yeah. He didn't want to talk. Mason didn't talk for the story. So um, I got that from a couple sources uh in the school but it is true that uh, yeah so people were pulling there and he's not the only one there were several families who decided like i don't want my kids in this situation anymore
0: just crazy uh kaylin kaylor uh great piece uh, on kgb and make of it what you will uh it's three chapters long on si's uh website si.com and uh give it a read very well done kaylin thanks so much for coming on appreciate it thanks for having me guys have a great afternoon you bet you take care there she is kaylin kaylor Uh, I'm the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. As your passion outgrown your home, a Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Had you ever heard, Gary, of this religion that we're talking about? No, I had not. So that's a first for you, too? Yeah. I thought I was pretty well versed, at least a little bit in religion, but... I had never heard of this type of religion, and apparently, uh, there's quite a few people that believe in this type of religion. Okay, we'll take a quick timeout. Come back other side, and it's time for our Bucks versus Brewers day two uh, comparison. Yesterday we did. Who would you? Who are you more excited to see play, Yelich uh, or Giannis? Day two talks about secondary stars. Who's got the better secondary star? Is it the Brewers with Ryan Braun, or is it the Bucks with Chris Middleton? 414-799-1250 414-799-1250 and also tweet us at 1057fm the fan we'll take your reaction coming up next you could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe Visit hyundaiusa.com for more details Hyundai There's joy in every journey